Greetings, troubled listeners. Welcome back to the Troubled Men Podcast. I am Renee Coman, once again, sitting in the heart of the Clempire, Snake and Jake's Christmas Club Lounge, with my co-host, the original troubled man for troubled times and future mayor of New Orleans, Mr. Manny Chevrolet. Welcome, Manny. Hey, man. Hey, you know hey, what? Hey. I'm just waiting for that, Chris- that Christmas commercial where the girl whistles for the dog and then the truck comes out. <laughs> you like that one? <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen it yet. The it's truck has like a big bow on the top yeah. and it comes bounding across the snow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a big shot of jism coming out of a penis. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, I hadn't made that association to I haven't now. seen it yet. <laughs> but, uh, no, I I'm saying <laughs> that, that imagery, I, uh, yeah, I'll never be know. able to look at that commercial the same again. That guy whistles and the little cute puppy comes out and the right. girl goes, oh, I've got something for you, and the big truck comes out. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet, so maybe they they, they holding it off. Holding maybe they're off holding off till that yeah. last week of sales. You know, like like have you ever gotten a car for any holiday present? No, no. Yet. See, yeah. <laughs> who, gets, who gets a car? I'll people, take it though. Yeah, yeah, I would take it. Sure. Yeah, but. people above our uh, our our uh, socioeconomic class, I think, perhaps yeah. give give their loved ones uh, cars. Yeah, it doesn't for, snow down here either. Well, it's true. Yeah, yeah. We couldn't couldn't come bounding out of a snowbank <laughs> down here. Yeah. So uh, I've been waiting all holiday season for it, and uh, you know it hasn't happened yet. So what are you gonna do? All right. What are you gonna do? So well, I, I fortunately uh, usually along with that commercial comes a barrage of Christmas music. Yeah. Where yeah. you know it's uh, yeah. Well, it's happening. Uh, well, I I've seemed to have avoided it thus far. I I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know it's coming. It's and uh, it's it, it it gets a bit oppressive. I don't know. You're. I mean, I was going to say you're Christian. You're not. But uh, I mean, you're you're not anything else. But how do you feel as a as a as an atheist uh, with the Christmas music, man? Uh, you know, I did it all. Yeah. yeah I, I don't. I don't. <laughs> it's not really getting up under your skin. Yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> Any I mean, more I than hear it. Else. You know, just like you know, like where I work, they have. Um, um, music piped in and we all get to choose what we want to listen to at certain days you know? okay. but sometimes there are people who choose a certain type of music and it plays over and over mm-hmm. again and you just kind of block it, block it out after a while you, yeah. know? So you don't hear it anymore Right. Okay. You know, but then sometimes you come home, you're driving home, and you're humming one of the songs. <laughs> sure. You know? so, like, God, I can't stand this song. But then you you end up humming it on the way home. Right. But yeah, it. it the thing I found crazy is, um, is that it started even before. It started right after Halloween. Yeah, sometimes it does. You yeah. know, it's like, what's this about? Aren't you supposed to wait like at least another four weeks? Yeah, I think, you, you know, by law it should be uh, wait until after Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, well, yeah, it's just common sense. Right, right, right. But yeah, they, they try to sneak up uh, earlier on you. Somehow, I, maybe because I don't have cable, I'm not watching regular uh, television, you know, I'm not seeing all those same kind of commercials as much as I used to. So you don't have any local channels? I, I do, I do, but I, I watch them sparingly. You know, I'll watch the local news, I'll watch the national news, and I'll watch some football games um, on the like the you know broadcast TV. Right. Okay. Anyway, um, so we had Thanksgiving this week. Did you yeah. uh, did you have a bunch of people over? Did you go to the track or something? Uh, well, we did our usual thing. Um, yeah. 
from like you know the little brunch thing that my uh-huh. wife started years ago. Right. People go to the fairgrounds, and it was kind of weird this year because we had the same usual suspects, and there's always a few strangers that we don't know. You know yeah, they just come by. <laughs> They're friends of a friends, that kind of thing. Mm. They heard about it, which is all good, you know. But this year was weird because um, there was a. Um, this couple, I guess they were our age, I guess, I don't know, and they had a, another, there was a, a, a guy and two girls, and they just started having sex. Wow. They were <laughs> just having, they just decided that this uh, was, a, you know, the time to do it. Really? Well, they were just, so then it just turned into like this uh, old person orgy. Ooh, man, I'm know? glad I missed that one, man. Yeah, yeah. and uh, the food was great, okay. the drink was good. <laughs> <laughs> but they started because they were they were you could tell they were on drugs. I think they were doing huh. coke, okay. lots of coke, Maybe some X. Maybe X. I don't know what the old people do. Right. <laughs> I'm old school. I just wanted to drink. But sure. Uh, you know, uh, 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 going at it, huh? Yeah, going at it. And, oh, and the man. thing about our thing, it's only like from eleven to two. Around two o'clock, it just stopped. Uh huh. Everyone was worn out, and we went and uh, uh, went to the track. And so that was about it. But then later on in the evening, you know, this whole like orgy thing was just really eating at me. <laughs> okay. It was kind of crazy going nuts. Right. That, you know, my wife and I had uh, uh, made uh, reservations to go to a restaurant for dinner. And uh, the, the, the waiter came up and said, uh, our special today is cake and cock. And we're out of cake. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, well, I don't think I'll have the special. I'll have mine to go. Yeah, I don't think I'll have any of it. I said, okay. I'll just have the, uh, you know, the consomme, whatever they call it, you know. Okay. So that was really Despacho. weird. It was a really weird Thanksgiving. Well, that sounds weird, Manny. You know, oh. but uh, I got to see some family and stuff. All right, well, that's good. That's and good. Uh, also the weird thing is uh, people, uh, uh, we had leftover booze, you know, Booze, there's certain booze that I like and certain booze that I'll keep. And then there's certain booze that I just, I don't want in my house. Hmm. You Is know, that like, a, like, like what would that be? Like, a, mm, well, just um, some of those weird ones, like the yellow ones in the tall bottle. Yeah. You know, like, these, uh, these yeah, yeah. Uh, liqueurs or these, right, uh, right. you know, these Italian sweet drinks and, mm-hmm. you know, sweet liquors that. Or the, what's that Greek drink? Um, uh, Zambuca. Yeah, yeah. I just don't care for yeah. that. It's, it's like you know, I might as well have a snowball, you know, or a snow cone <laughs> a, or something. It's a lot of flavor. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I had a lot of leftover booze, and it was great. I I found there was tons of people on the street that were willing to take it. Hmm, okay, they just were just passing willing, out bottles. Yeah, just giving out bottles of nice. you know, sweet booze. Well, I know sometimes when you uh, you pass down there on on Claiborne uh, Avenue from your house, you'll uh, you'll you'll throw some change to the homeless people. Yes, I always do. Right, yeah. right, right. So, well, I'm sure they would have been happy to take that. that oh, booze. yeah, that's where I went. Oh, too. okay. There was right also on. a guy who I I, I regularly give food to on uh, on Old Jefferson Davis and Tulane Avenue. This guy that I give food to all the time. If if What's the lights now? Norman the, C. Francis. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't know who that is. Yeah, um, but there's always this old timer who's, and I always feed him when I can. Oh, okay. Especially when the, if the light turns red, I'll stop and give it to him. Yeah. If it's still green, I just have to throw it. Yeah. <laughs> Say good luck with this. Sure, sure. You know, but um, yeah, Thanksgiving it uh, it was okay. I I had the week off, so that was nice. Oh, and, all right. Uh, I started thinking about uh, some Thanksgiving memories. I don't know uh, mm-hmm. 
if you have any memories, you know. But I, I remember as a young guy in my 20s and early 30s, um, I, um, I used to go to the supermarket the, either the day before or the day of Thanksgiving. Huh. And I'd see, I'd go and find the cutest checkout girl in the supermarket. And I did this, I did this for years. And I would get a, a, a Swanson turkey TV dinner. Mm-hmm. And I'd go there by myself and I'd put the Swanson TV dinner out <laughs> and I'd get this unbelievable, you know, like, uh, oh, God, you're... Sympathy. You're, yeah, you're dining alone. I go, well, that's all I got. I can't... don't have any family. I don't have any... Nowhere really to go. I don't want to go to the mission or anything. I can afford, I can afford a meal. I don't know how many times I got laid with that deal. Really? Oh, really? yeah. That, that works, oh. huh? Oh, man, it worked. You know, it was I mean, like, well, I get off at 5... I'd be more than happy to spend time with you. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, okay. Well, you know, uh, the, the, the appeal of a man whose who's other alternative is the mission. Right, exactly. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's, I, could, I could hear the, the ladies are getting juiced up just listening to this description Yeah, right well, now. you know, you know. Play it on their heartstrings. Sure, sure. It's a know? sentimental time of year. Yeah. You know, the holidays, everybody's uh, let's their guard young, down. You're young, you're all horny. Right, Everyone's right. horny. Sure, you know. So okay. uh, it worked. So I started thinking about right. that, and I uh, I was at the supermarket actually uh, the day after Thanksgiving, and uh, every checkout cashier was just you know just. Well, I wasn't going to go there. Uh, okay. Go there. <laughs> there was no good candidates. Yeah, yeah, nobody you wanted to yeah. go try your pitch on. No, no there's nobody. <laughs> I hear you because I know the grocery store that we go to. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I know all, all the cashiers. There's, yeah. a, there's a few interesting ones over there, uh, man. Yeah, tell me about it. There's a few, what do they call the they, them? There's the, definitely some, some yeah, 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 some, some yeah. people on the, on the spectrum. Right. Some, some spectrum or, or another. So I just came home home and uh, made my own cranberry sauce. All right. Nice. If you know what I mean. <laughs> I you suppose. Know. You know. And speaking of that, you know, Drew Brees, the the uh, uh, the former, former quarterback of the Saints. Yeah, yes. he uh, he says that he's no longer able to throw with his right arm anymore. That's was his throwing arm. Mm -hmm. He says he can't even play ball with his kids. He's got to throw with his left Really? Can you believe that? Wow. You know, I guess we got rid of him just in time. Huh? Uh, well, what do you mean we? It's not my player. I, don't <laughs> well, I know. mean, the, yeah. the, <laughs> you know, the he Saints. retired just in time. Right, right, right. I think right. it was more than football. You know, it had to be something more that, uh, you know, uh, mm, one so certain arm or hand doesn't work. Repetitive. Uh, yeah, repetitive. Uh, injury. You know? yeah, he's yeah, a creature yeah. of habit. I okay. Guess. Well, I don't know. All right. Anyway, he's a good Christian guy, I guess. Sure, right? sure. People love him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He seems you like know, a good guy. Yeah. They involved in the community yeah. helps out a lot of a lot of different people yeah and he's he's franchising Jimmy John's Jimmy so. John's yeah yeah, yeah yeah which I don't really care for I yeah. tried them once well you know if you're living in New Orleans we have uh, poor boy sandwiches you know you have the, the the best kind of sandwich on the best kind of bread how can you go eat it off a hot dog bun you know a, a Jimmy John sandwich if you're somewhere else you know somewhere else in the country yeah, maybe that's a good alternative. It's you know you can at least get them toasted. I think that's good. But uh, but yeah, just just get a poor boy here in town. Yeah. Well, so uh, Manny, uh, so I had Thanksgiving. Had uh, all the 
uh, my whole family over at my house. Oh, uh, wow. All uh, crowded into my... It's always uh, at your house? It seems to be that way now. Yeah, it used to be a, a lot at my parents' house, but I seem to have uh, inherited the uh, that mantle. Oh, okay. So, uh, so everybody... And you guys do turkey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had a fried turkey. Somebody in the family has a connection with somebody that fries turkeys, oh. so I uh, had one of those, and... Uh, other people bring all the food, so we just have to kind of host the whole thing. And so you had a good Thanksgiving. It was a nice Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah. Let's see. Yesterday I uh, had a had a photo shoot with uh, for Offbeat magazine oh. with Loose Cattle. Oh, like, uh, Loose Cattle is going to be the the. the the cover band on uh, on the December issue of Offbeat Magazine. So Loose Cattle is a cover band. I thought you guys. No, did no, originals. no. We're we're going to be on the cover. Oh, uh, okay. Like a like a, you know what I mean. And Somebody's, this is like the swan song. You guys are uh, retiring. I don't think we are. No, no, no. I think it's uh, we're we're still. Oh, some people st- think you should. Still, well, <laughs> you know, that's why I always yeah. say no accounting for taste. You know, everybody's right. entitled to their opinion. Right. Now, but, what uh, kind of music is this? Oh, uh, you cattle? know, Loose Cattle plays uh, kind of uh, country, folk, roots music, uh-huh. Americana, they call it. You know, oh. we have the three singers. It's, uh, uh, it's, a, it's a band on the upswing, for sure. So, oh, okay. So that was nice to uh, get a little house over there. Uh, what else? Uh, we lost a couple of greats here, a couple of uh, musical giants. Who? Uh, lost uh, Greg Fingers Taylor. Great uh, harmonica player, played with Jimmy Buffett for uh, many years. But uh, that's something to be proud of. Playing scholar. with Jimmy Buffett. Well, it, it's. <laughs> uh, I'm not saying he's proud of it, but uh, it was. It was a, definitely a job. No, no, he was. Uh, Greg was uh, fantastic. Fingers also, what? Fingers Taylor. Oh, he's a great blues harmonica player, a good blues scholar. I knew a porn uh, male porno star named Fingers. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I could see he that. did both. He went both ways. Okay. Right on. You know, uh, he's still different around guy. too. He's still around. Uh, yeah, that's a different guy. Yeah. So he, we lost fingers. Lost fingers. Also, uh, yesterday or a day before, lost uh, the great Gene Knight, uh, New Orleans singer, uh, recorded recorded Mr. Big Stuff. Oh, you know right. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, uh, he was. He, she was talking about the fingers. I knew. Okay. There you go. <laughs> there you go. It's all coming around. It's all all connected. <laughs> Let's see. Well, what else do we have? Uh, if you have anything else, maybe, uh, maybe we should, uh, maybe yeah, should get to our guests. Yeah, I do have a few things. Okay, well, you know, speaking uh, of people dying, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it was in the news last week. My mailman was murdered. Really? Yeah. Uh, oh, that, you know, I saw that yeah. that, that guy, and I, th- I was going to ask you about that. That was yeah. uh, several weeks ago. Yeah, well, yeah, a few weeks back. I didn't get a chance to talk about it last couple Terrible, of man. Seemed like a really good guy that was, everybody in the neighborhood knew. He was a really cool kid. He was a really cool kid. What the hell, and, man? And uh, I don't know what the motive was. I don't know if it was just a random killing, but this poor guy, he... He knew everybody. I mean, he remembered your name. Well, he knew your name because he had the letters for sure, you and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But he would come by, and he was one of those mailmen that you'd give. You know, we used to give him candy at, at Christmas and stuff like that. Okay. He was just the nicest, sweetest of guys you ever want to meet. And uh, in fact, uh, there were actually uh, uh, I heard this just heard this recently that there was a few. Uh, uh, women on his route that uh, he got to know quite well. Uh, okay. <laughs> he would uh, deliver and uh, stick around for a while, if you know what I mean. Huh. You wouldn't yeah. think you'd have that kind of time uh, with all the, all the mail. Oh, to- man, our mailman, in, back in L.A. when I was growing up, Ray the mailman, he used to come over when I was like 10, 11, 
my brother was like 15, he'd stop at our house and we'd smoke pot. He'd get you high? Yeah, yeah we would smoke <laughs> pot with our mailman. Okay. Yeah, Ray the Mailman, we called him. All right, yeah. shout out to Ray the Mailman. Yeah, he delivered, man, I'll tell you that. But yeah, it's kind of sad he, he passed away. It's just this fucking, you know, it's just this fucking Tough, world, man. this fucking Holy city. Cow. You know, he's pumping gas and someone just blows him away. Mm. He's like only in his 40s. Yeah. Oh. So, anyway. Well, very sorry to hear that. Yeah, I was going to yeah, ask you. Yeah, uh, everyone's, you know, everyone's sorry. We're all, you know, and people are busy, you know. Everyone's busy. Yeah. I've been busy. I've been really busy. Okay. And I was so busy, speaking of death, I was, uh, uh, I was uh, walking down the street and there's this guy on a ledge, like three stories up. He's going to jump. And I start talking to him. I said, hey, man, what are you doing up there? And he's like, I don't need this world anymore. I'm done. I'm done. And I tried to talk to him and talk to him. And he kept sobbing and all that. I'm done. I'm done. I said, well, you know what, man? I'm really busy. I got to go. So I left and he jumped. So what are you going to do? Okay. Well, it's... Uh Hey, every, 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 everybody's got to fulfill their destiny, you know? I gave it a shot, you know? I gave it a shot. You know? So anyway, death, uh, you think death is funny. It's okay. Well, uh, Anyway, you gotta, death is really you funny. laugh to keep from yeah, crying. You know, I've died sometimes. on stage many times. Sure, I could see you that. You know, like Jesus used to say, I'll be here all week, and he wasn't. No, I <laughs> was there maybe a day or two. He was in the cave. Yeah. Right, you know? right, right, right. Anyway... So uh, it's all good. So let's get going. You have nothing else to talk about? Um, you had a good holiday? Yeah, I had a good holiday. Your children you know, we, still love you? Children still love me. My father still loves me, uh, even though he doesn't can't say it. Uh, you know, everybody was, was, very, was very happy to be together. Uh, I could talk now, about... Now, at Thanksgiving, do you guys make a prayer? We don't. You don't. We don't do because prayers. it's it's uh, you know we're Jewish. They're Christian. It's uh, it's all too complicated. It's that's not really. You can't even say we're just thankful for family. We could, but we you could, don't. But we don't. Really? No, no, we just uh, keep it in our pants. It runs real deep with you guys. <laughs> it runs real deep. Okay. We just keep it for on a friend basis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Keep it platonic. Um, uh, you know, I could talk about the continuing uh, FBI probe of the mayor, but uh, the, the the main point is that it continues. They keep to dig, keep digging. So we shall see. Another thing, just to update, uh, we talked about uh, Governor-elect uh, Jeff Landry's yeah. uh, New Orleans transition team yeah. a few weeks ago. Yeah. I, I heard since then that Jeff Landry was quoted as saying that he intended to bend in New Orleans to his will. I thought, ooh, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> no, he's he's this guy is a real he's 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 an asshole, man. Yeah, yeah. This guy is going to be trouble, man. You well, know, he's it, gonna he wants to uh, have his iron fist down on this city. Now, here's what what's going to happen though. Will this said city bend over, or and talk about how he's such an evil guy? Or will they just have a parade or a, a festival to forget about their woes? Well, you know? Uh, well, you know, the, the governor does have tremendous power in Louisiana, but the city of New Orleans has tremendous uh, negative uh, inertia. And it's very hard to make it 
go in in any one direction. It's uh, it, it it's it has worn out better men than than Jeff Landry. Well, we shall see. We shall see. We shall see. You know, I know the city breeds inertia because, you know, my mailman got murdered and they uh, they had a festival. You know, instead of trying to find the murderer. Anyway, let's go. Let's introduce our guest because uh, she's exciting to me. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, she's got a nice laugh. Oh yeah, yeah. She's a lovely girl. Well, th- this guest is someone. Uh, it's the name that I've that I've heard spoken with reverence my entire life. Uh, she's a, a real New Orleans jazz pianist, vocalist, songwriter, recording artist. Uh, she was. Uh, Pat O'Brien's dueling pianist for a long time, uh, as well as at uh, Lafitte's blacksmith shop. And uh, she's played with all the greats in New Orleans, uh, one of the greats herself. Without further ado, the great Miss Angel Trosclair. Welcome, Angel. Oh, <laughs> that was cool. Quite an introduction there. You like that? Now, yeah, Trosclair, what the hell kind of name is that? Trosclair. That's Kate. Yeah, it's French, yeah. French Cajun? Yeah. Oh, okay. The Trosclairs came from Nova Scotia. Oh, so but, you're I mean, French-Canadian. Uh, down, you know, long well, time Cajun. ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, so, Angel, uh, I know you are from New Orleans. Tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, where you grew up in the city. Yeah, I think you said you, you come from this neighborhood we're in here, in, in Carrollton. Yeah, I'm from Carrollton. Um, it, it, I, I came from... Uh, <laughs> Came from out of space. No, <laughs> not really. Now, um, Willis Street, uh, between okay. uh, Eagle and Leonidas. Okay, and, and you, were, you were saying you went to uh, Mata Della Rosa for piano lessons right there? Uh, yeah, it's uh, just a placida up there. <laughs> That's where I learned how to play piano. The Catholic <laughs> Catholic Church there on uh, on Carrollton Avenue. Yeah. And you had a you had a big family. Nine kids. Nine kids. Okay. Uh, musical family. I know you have uh, there other Tross Clares who play music. Oh, yeah. Very musical family. I, there was a, At one point, there was like four of us taking piano, but only really uh, I play piano and it, it, as a profession. But And my brother plays uh, trombone, uh, Maurice, and my sister, Denise, plays guitar and dulcimer she has her own group and uh my my old sister renee played the piano but she didn't pursue it but you you uh really took to it in a a big way early on right oh yeah yeah i i I knew how to play when i was very young i you see i was like one of the older ones but then mother had a lot of kids so they carted me off to the country and um my aunts played the piano, and that's when I was like three or four years old, and and uh, they would play duets. They had a whole stack of duets, and so anyway, I was just trying to figure out what was going on, and uh, they showed me what to do, and then I started studying piano when I was pretty much uh, in kindergarten uh-huh. at Monte La Rosa from Sister Placida, and uh, it was it was um I remember when it was like. I always said, go play the piano, you know, for every time somebody came over, you know what I mean? Oh, yes. Yeah. That's one of those kind of scenes. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. But anyway, so all through, all through grammar school, yeah, I played, I played uh, recitals and stuff like that, you know. But then there was a neighborhood group you were... You oh, were- yeah, yeah. Well, we, see, that's what I was saying. I lived on um, 
Willow Street between uh, on Eagle Street they had a junkyard. And it, on the corner of the, uh, of, the, of the street, and had a man named Warren A. Duncan, and he was a ragtime piano player. And he owned a junkyard. <laughs> I used to go sell papers there on the weekends with um, with my friend Mary Dupuy. A guy rest, she's, she's gone. But anyway, uh, I, this, I'm try. I'm, I'm tra- traveling off here. No, that's fine. We like. But this it. is how I got all into the, the music stories. thing. You know, because anyway, so we go there on Saturday mornings and pick up all the papers in the neighborhood, and we get like about forty-five cents at the junkyard, and go to the uh, the, 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 the picture show, Her- Hershey's or oh, Miss Hersh, a popular show, you uh-huh. know, up the street to go watch the cartoons on Saturday and buy candy. So anyway, it turned out that Old Man Duncan had these kids band, Dixieland band called Dunks Honky Tonks. And they would practice. And I would hear them practice and go stand in the street and watch them and all these kids would show up with their with their parents. And that was a whole that was a whole nother drama, the parents. You know, and um, anyway, so one day I came back to my mom and said, Mom, I said, I want I want to audition for the band. And I went up there and I got up enough guts to sing, Won't you come on, Bill Bailey? They didn't know how I knew how to play the piano, you know, because I was playing classical piano previous to that, uh-huh. you know, which was like like being in, in jail, you know okay. what I mean? yeah, uh, uh, on a certain level. But anyway, so I, I auditioned for the band, the old man Duncan. How old? How old were you at this time? Eleven. Eleven. Okay. So you wait, know, let's go back. To the, you said your parents would send you out to the country when you were three years old. Oh yeah, <laughs> they just sent me out there. No, my 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 my, my man prepare. Uh, Wagaspacks, wag uh, uh-huh. you know, and uh, that was in Vashry, Louisiana, okay. and that was like my first encounter with with the piano. Oh, oh okay, so they just they said you got to go to your grandparents' house <laughs> yeah, because the mom was having babies, you know, and so and I was, right. you know what I mean, and and so anyway, and that's that's the old way, you know, like the, you send the kids off to the grandma and the grandpa's house. You have yeah. the extended family or. Uh, yeah, it was great. But, yeah, well, my kids. mom was here, had like eight brothers and sisters, no, nine brothers and sisters. Uh-huh. They had ten, and they all, they all played music. So you had yeah. like a hundred cousins. Oh, more than that, man! Yeah. I signed in 141 at the last family reunion. Holy moly! And there was a lot of people showing up after me, but that was a while back, so it's, it's beyond it. But anyway, so you so you got into to the got dunks, into the band Donks Honky Tonks, and then. You know, old man Duncan always had a cigar hanging out his mouth, and was smoked. He smoked a cigar all the time, and while he was playing, and so he found out he knew how to play the piano. So then I got this spiral notebook, and had these symbols on there, of chords, and I'd have to read the balls and the sticks. You know, <laughs> and all of a sudden it was like, God, it was like freedom. I couldn't believe it. It was like freedom. That he, he you were able. He taught you how to to uh, uh, play well, yeah. play music by just reading the chord changes yeah, and making yeah, up yeah. your own voicings. How to play with the band, you know, because uh-huh. the band was playing. And he says, I'm, I remember what he said too. And, and he would he would beat on the piano. To, you got to have the beat. You got to have the beat. And he says, I'm going to teach you some songs that you can make some money at. You know. Nice. <laughs> and uh, and so anyway, there's he had five kids bands and I all miraculously got into the first band like and you had to be in the band six months before you got paid and then you got paid in a little envelope and there were no child the, labor laws back then no right? and you yeah. got now where were y'all playing man we played everybody we played you saw all these festivals they have now uh-huh 
It was like we was like Amanda Shaw or something like that, you know, back in the but he day. Had five different ones. Five different bands that we played on, and, and on Saturday we played. <laughs> we were we had so. Seems like a great guy. Oh, he was a wonderful guy. Oh, yeah, man, Duncan, we had so many gigs and weddings on really? Saturdays, and and like somewhat sometimes we have like two, three weddings in the same day. As an eleven-year-old, yeah. Well, well, I was getting older. You, you were getting you know? older, right? But right, anyway, right. the thing is that I would sit there with the boys in the band. And I would go. I'm never doing this. I, I never did get married. Uh, you know what I mean? Okay. Yeah, I was just a punk kid. I was, I'm playing the piano, you know? Oh, see, seeing the weddings, you thought it's not going to ever be me. I got all the pink dresses and uh -huh. all the purple dresses and Right, it was. It messed me up on that level, you know. Yeah, what yeah. I mean? Well, you, you were, you were, you were uh, uh, inducted into the fraternity of, of musicians there. The, uh, the I was always the, the only girl in a band, you right, know. So right. like, you, you know, so so why did he not pay you for six months? I don't know. We had to be in a band <laughs> six why. months <laughs> paying dues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. It's it's a, had to pay a, our dues to see if we were apprentice to... apprenticeship. Yeah, yeah. But we okay. we worked but every he's making the money, right? No, he made money. Old man Duncan and Florence, his his wife, uh -huh. and he had a green truck, yeah. and he and they had these little Marco Polo pianos. You know those Marco Polo no. little pianos? Hmm. They're little upright pianos, but you can just pick them up and put them on a on a, a, a pickup truck. Yeah. And uh, he just roll that piano up there, take it and sit it down right. You right bring there. your own piano. No, I didn't have to bring no, it. No, I mean, he, 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 he brought his own oh, yeah, piano really. for you. Okay. Oh, yeah. She would roll that piano all over the place. And anyway, it's so many gigs we played. We played almost every night of the week. I did that all the way in, through the end of high school. Wow. Even so, while all, the whole time you were in elementary and high school and all. And, and so where'd you wind up going to high school? Cabrini High. Okay. And, um, you know, all the weekends, we had did a lot, a lot of dances. And all... Not all of the places, but St. Charles Avenue, the, the original owners of those homes, they used to have all these incredible parties up and down the street. And they always hired a kids' band to come play Dixieland. And, on, you know, on, on a break, we'd be smoking cigarettes and drinking beer like it was nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because we thought sure. that was the that protocol. That's what you do. Yeah. That's yeah. what you did on a break. You know, right. you were 12, 13, 14 years uh -huh. old, you know. But uh, we had a lot of gigs. We had a lot of gigs, and we made money. I put myself through high school. So but you were ruined at that point. You knew you were going to be a musician uh, once you got a taste of that kind of lifestyle. Oh, there's no question about it. Right, right. You know, it's, like, <laughs> it's always been that way. But this was like, wow, man, okay. Well, you were telling me something about like that uh, Johnny Vodakovich was involved in oh, this Oh, yeah, yeah. This group Johnny well. Vodakovich started playing drums with Donk's Honky Tonks. Okay. And he was actually... A little bit before me, and 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 um, he would go to the gigs, and and old man Duncan, he would get up and sing and all kinds of stuff like that. He would follow. I always hear these stories about Johnny Vi and Johnny V fell asleep on the drums last night because <laughs> he was so young. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? That he'd go to the gig and he'd be playing, and he'd just fall asleep. <laughs> he needed a nap. Past oh, his bedtime. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, we did work a lot of a lot of. A lot of dances and things like that, and um, it, it was at the same time like the Beatles were happening. Here we were playing Dixieland, you uh -huh. know. So I felt like a real cornball on a lot of lot of levels. But you know, I mean, I, it was a gig, and you're playing music. If that yeah. would have been now, would have been a whole different story, if you know what I mean. But anyway, that was uh, so many gigs. I mean, sometimes seven nights a week. Wow. 
So, so you did that all in, until you graduated from from high school, high school and then well, uh, I did Loyola. You got a full scholarship to Loyola. I did. I was really lucky. Now, that was as a singer or a piano player or just a, everything. Uh, singing and piano uh -huh. playing, you know. Like I said, we was get, I was getting into the bebop thing, and then at the same time I was at Loyola, I got the gig at the Playboy Club. Well, I was going to say that that class of people at, at Loyola, it's, uh, it was uh, uh, a bunch of giants in, in New Orleans. You had Charlie Brent was there. I was engaged to Charlie Brent. Okay, you were engaged to Charlie Brent, the great Charlie Brent guitar player, ranger, uh, uh, ranger with uh, Wayne Cocker and the CC Riders, a ranger of, uh, and guitar player with uh, Luther Kent and Trick Bag, a, a genius. I used to copy out all the parts. True genius. He wrote out the parts for the 21-piece band, 17-piece band. He wrote the parts out transposed. And uh, you know, or sometimes he wouldn't write them out of transpose if he was like hanger or something like that. But you know, it's like he was just amazing. He just he'd hear it in his head and he just write it down. Now, how did y'all wind up being engaged? Was that well, we were boyfriend and girlfriend for a while. Just uh, before Loyola, or, or when you no, when no, you first right, got when to Loyola? I first okay. got to Loyola. All right. And what, what was Charlie like at that time? Was he uh, just a clean-cut kid? And no, we drank a lot of Cherokee Alpha. Okay. At <laughs> <laughs> Audubon Park, okay. <laughs> and we had a good time. You know, I mean, I, my generation was like, um, you know, we like to hang. You know, sure. Until until the sun came up, pretty much. Okay. And um, and hanging out with Charlie, we go. Uh, so we make three or four clubs listening to piano players and we would just go on and on club, you know, just have a good time. Right. So <laughs> Charlie was there. Uh, at the same time, you had uh, Johnny Vodakovich was, was at Loyola then. You yeah, had other well, people like Chisper Roussel. Uh, yeah, Chis, Chis, Chis and Charlie were the same uh, year and then Johnny and I were the same year. Okay. But then Charlie went uh, and Chisper went off with Wayne Cochran. And um, then I ended up being Johnny Vodakovich's roommate for the rest. Okay. Of the time. Well, you actually you told me you said uh, I, you, you said Vodakovich cool. was was my old man. Yeah, well, I, really, it's really. I, I I love that you that you threw that term out there so unironically. You know, it's like such a, a beatnik kind of a hippie term. You know. Oh no, we didn't get married. We went. We didn't get married. You didn't get married. You didn't wear a bra. Okay. You know, and and um, that those two things. You, 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 well, you, Johnny's you, wearing one now. <laughs> this is what I hear. I remember Al Valletta wrote this tune called, and it was the al. I, this is the album I sang on that album too. Me and Frank Bazola wrote a tune on that album, but he wrote a tune called "Look Pa No Bra," because that was a big thing. You know, everybody yeah. was burning their bras. You know, right? When I was <laughs> so so the Playboy Club is that while you're at Loyola. That was while I was at Loyola. I remember coming back. I was hanging out with Charlie Brent and um, with the Wayne Crockett and the CC Riders in Miami. And I remember getting a telephone call. And um, I think it was Al asked me if I would work the Playboy Club. And I went, yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was a, a new club that was opening up, right? And uh, he Well, was... It, was up, it was open already. But oh, okay. They, he, it, I was the girl singer, you know, and Johnny was the drummer. Right. I remember Johnny talking about being on the Al Boletto band, and, and Al lived a long time. I, I knew Al uh, as when I was, you know, in my 20s. Al was still around and playing. 
We'll talk about that. So, so, Playboy Club, Playboy Club, and (laughs) and so so you had the Playboy Club in New Orleans, but then y'all also traveled around to other Playboy. Oh, we did on on, in um, in the summer. Okay. You know, like because we was going to school. Me and Johnny were going to school, Mm -hmm. and. in the summer, we went to Chicago one summer, and we went to Great George, and we went to um, it's, it's Miami, I think. Yeah, it was Miami. I met a class over the thing. And, uh, you know, so it was, we just go for, you know, about six weeks or something like that. Well, so it's interesting. You're like a, a piano player and kind of like a, you know, band guy, for lack of a better term, but then you're also like a girl singer. Like yeah, they well, switch I was a, you, I was, I was a Chancer, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, right, right. But I mean, they would, you would, they would put you in both roles, you know, like you're a piano player. Now you're, now you're the front. Thing. Yeah, I hear you. But the thing is, is that with the group like Al Boletto, we always had a crackerjack piano player. Like we had Morris Stolman, God rest his soul. And yeah. um, after he passed. We had um, Frank Pizzullo. Right, who you did a lot of work with, right? Yeah, really worked with him a lot. Both of these guys were like, you know, just, and I, th- they didn't really need me as a keyboard player, trust me, at that time of my life. But that wasn't, I would work other gigs on piano player, playing R- piano. Right, right. I just think it's interesting that you, you would. Yeah, but so I was a cute little bimbo then. I, I, well, you know? yeah, you were. Uh, <laughs> I mean, so I was standing in front of the band. They needed, sure, so, sure. I was like, what, pretty 19 blonde years girl. Old? Yeah, yeah, you absolutely. No, I look a lot better then than I do now. Oh, so did, we you. all did, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. So I can. I, I, you know, happens when you get old, you can't get away with nothing. But anyway, th- it, that's basically what I, I stayed with the mayor for a long time and sang with them. It, the great thing about that gig was that they had a comedian every two weeks. They had a new comedian. They had um, Gabe Kaplan. Gabe Kaplan, yeah. he, before he got on television. Sure. He, and I, he'd be he up in uh, the coach's dressing room, you know. And I'd be like, go out there. You're going to be okay. Because he was scared to death to go out there, yeah. you know. And I would come on before before the comedian. Did really you play hate. the uh, Playboy Club in, in L.A.? Century? No, I never did. Uh, the Centru- It was in Century City. I was a member for a few years. Really? Yeah, back oh. in the early 80s. I didn't know it was still going yeah, on. Yeah, and then. I'm telling you. In this yeah, it was. It was dying, though. The whole, the whole yeah, enterprise. The whole, thing, huh? uh, the whole enterprise of the Playboy Club was really dying, but... He used to go there, and they used to have a really good uh, happy hour. <laughs> so we would go there for the happy, me and my friends and stuff. But it pretty much went out of business around 83 or 84. Oh, it I sounds think. like fun. I would but have I went to the mansion. It was, it was pretty fun. I went because, to the mansion many times. Yeah, I, I, went to the, I went to the mansion a few times also. Oh. Uh, there was a girl I used to know, uh, Dorothy Stratton. <laughs> okay. She oh. was a good friend of mine. Uh-huh. Yeah, she's no longer with us anymore. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Tough break. Yeah, tough, she tough had a tough break. break. Anyway, uh, but also my, my, my biggest fun that I ever had at the Playboy Mansion was um, it was 1984 and the Summer Olympics were in Los Angeles that year. <gasps> and so the Playboy Mansion, because it was a Playboy channel back then. They right. still had the Playboy channel. Sure. Yeah. And this is when I used to work production and I got a gig as a prop assistant working the Bunny Olympics. You want to talk about a fun gig, man. That was a fun gig. I'll never forget that gig. Yeah. I'm telling you, I, I remember going there on the weekends with my a friend of mine who was uh, named Tom Melody. He was a comedian. And he Tom Melon? Tom Melody. Oh, Melody, okay. He was a really... And a writer. 
and, and on the weekends and, and um, watch movies on Saturdays and all kinds of stars would come in and sit down and watch movies. Did you movies. go swimming in the caves? In the caves and stuff like that? No, I had grotto, to stay away from that kind of stuff because... Oh, you did? <laughs> yeah. It just sort of eat me alive. They were going to eat you up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I'm a good Catholic girl from New Orleans, you know what I mean? I, I was, at that time, I was... Yeah. Right, skinny blonde, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was yeah, cool yeah. on that level. Right. But, it, I mean, you know, you had to, you had to go through security you know, and you had to have been with Playboy in order to get in the place. You know, and so I just come out of Playboy, so it was it was, it was okay. You were already checked out, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I used to go have dinner on Sundays, at and have dinner at the big table. I remember so vividly, and then the bunnies would come there, and and you could either get lobster or a steak or whatever, you know that. And half was going around in his PJs. And the, yeah, r- yeah, maroon PJs. Yeah. Maroon nylon. I think yeah. they were nylon. They or were silk, silk, maybe. Yeah, they, yeah. they really, I don't know if they were, they probably were silk. And I remember when I went there, Barbie, was Barbie was his wife, and she always wanted to see. So Barbie we was, Benton. We was, watched the movie, she always wanted to see Bambi. And everyone. We all watched Bambi. And where's Papa? <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure. Anyway, that it, it's a long story. But um, was it her nickname Thumper though? I think. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. So, sounds sounds plausible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Manny, uh, yeah. I, I'm loving the story, and I can't wait to get back into it. Where, but where uh, I'm I'm, I'm out of my drink. And, oh. Uh, oh my god! It's, uh, it's that time. Yeah, we usually take a break uh, the halfway through the show. Oh, we, okay. If you need a refill, I, I know you need a shot of whiskey to pour in there, whatever. Uh, but we're gonna take a break, and the troubled nation knows the drill. So we'll be right back. <laughs> Okay. with Mr. Manny Chevrolet. Mm-hmm. I am Renee Coleman, back with our guest, Ms. Angel Trosclair. Now, Angel, I know you're uh, new to the podcast, although you have 
you you dove right in and listened to a bunch of them. So you are familiar with our our current uh, uh, sponsorship model, which is a listener-sponsored model. And uh, it's it seems to be working out all right. Uh, we actually have a, a uh, had had uh, someone contribute, uh, buy us a round of drinks. The great Holden Miller from uh, from Tribe Nunzio uh, said bought us a round of drinks for Little Joe Lambert, who we brought up on the podcast the other night. And uh, so thanks to Holden, and we have a. I want to thank all of our patrons on the Patreon page. As always, we have a welcome our new patron, Charles. Just going first names only. Welcome Charles to uh, to the, the the slew of patrons that we have supporting this podcast. And these are all people that are supporting us week in and week out. We do appreciate it. We're doing shows week in and week out, bringing these great guests. Uh, like the fantastic Miss Angel Trascolaire. And uh, you can access those. Uh, you can get in that crowd, in with the end crowd, through the, uh, the Venmo link and the PayPal link that are in the show notes of every show, as well as the uh, Facebook page. Uh, let's see. Beyond that, uh, rate, review, and subscribe the podcast wherever you listen to the podcast. Give us five stars. Costs you nothing. Helps us a lot. Uh, it is the gift-giving season. Uh, don't worry. Don't wait on uh, on ordering those Trouble Men podcast T-shirts, which are available in all the popular sizes and colors, men's and women's styles. Probably leaving something out, but uh, eh, listen to another show. You get it all there. Anyway, back to our guest, the great Miss Angel Trosclair. So, uh, Angel, we were uh, we we were you were talking about the Playboy Mansion, but the the way you wound up the Playboy Mansion is uh, so after. After music school, you graduate from Loyola, complete your degree. Uh, you're you're playing at uh, uh, Gino's back room on Decatur Street with the band Billy Gregory, who I just ran into about a month ago up in Arkansas. Billy How's Gregory, he doing? he's doing good. He's doing good. Oh, I'm he's so living glad up he... there with his, his daughter. Yeah, he's, he's good. He's good. He, he good. He couldn't stop talking. Like I'm, I'm gonna call him. I'm gonna call him. He's good. I got his number. Um, I do too. Okay, good. Uh, Johnny Vodakovich on drums, Dave Watson on bass, one of my idols, and uh, Lon Price, the great Lon Price on tenor. What a band. It was great. And you. Yeah. Holy cow. <laughs> it, was, it was a dream, it was a, a dream band. In really the quarter. Was. Now, Geno's, that's a place I remember my parents talking about going. It was before my time. I was just a, a kid, but uh, it was a scene down there, huh? The whole, the whole town man, would come out, and this, the gig started at 2 o'clock. 2 a.m., yeah. 2 o'clock, and we played till about 7 o'clock. And, like, everybody was, like, parking all over Decatur Street, walking in the streets, having fun, you know. And um, when the sun came up, then we pretty much, you know, slimed home, you know, or, <laughs> or whatever. But it was just, it was, a, it was a beautiful experience. It really was. And, you know, it's <laughs> it, the band was it's just incredible. And was, y'all, y'all were playing uh, what kind of material? We played mostly original stuff, Billy stuff and my stuff. You know, most of the songs. That, in fact, most of the songs that I, that was on my album was you know was written for that scene. You know, and, okay. when I, and that's another story because what it ended up sounding like is like that was good too. But anyway, yeah, that was um, that was a a, a really 
great time in New Orleans. It was like it, only thing close to it. When I went down to Cancun with 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 uh, Pat O'Brien, so we opened a club there. I, that's reminded me of the old New Orleans. So this was like 1972, three, something like that. Yeah, 19, oh, uh, uh, 1970 or something like that. Okay. That, that would be more, more like 1970 because we were these these were intertwining. You know, we was working the Playboy Club, and then we had something on Sunday nights. Right. Lou and Charlie's, you know, <laughs> that was going on too. It was Lou and Charlie's. Lou and Charlie's, sure, another place. I, I went once or twice with my parents, but uh, yeah, a, a huge jazz scene down there. A huge jazz scene. I mean. Anyway, so um, so how so did I get the so gig? at the same time, uh, oh, okay, go ahead. <laughs> it's where we started with this thing. How did I get the gig at CBS? Uh, I was playing with another band, uh, uh, with Earl Turbenton and Willie T. His brother, The yeah. Nucleus, called okay. The Nucleus. Right. And I was playing, and, and I was playing too, with Earl, uh, both of us played. Mm-hmm. Willie played and I played. And uh, Earl wanted me to play on that, so that was like, oh, yeah, you know. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Uh, to make a long story short, Willie and um, the Mardi Gras Indians got a deal with, um, I don't think it was with Epic, but anyway, to make, uh, it was, uh, Ch- Clive Fox was their manager. Clive Fox is Harry Fox's son. He used to be the, the president of MGM or something like that, down the road. Anyway. So Willie and Earl, they came over to me and Johnny's house. We lived on Jasmine Street, which was down, right down down from where uh, Alan Tucson's studio used to be. Yeah, yeah, my parents' old neighborhood. Yeah, right, right <laughs> off of Gentilly. Uh, you know? Gentilly, yeah, yeah. All right, and anyway, so Willie brought Clive Fox over to my house. One day we was having a, a rehearsal. And... Um, the next thing you know, he's coming back, you know. <laughs> next thing you know, he well, that he wanted to sign me, you know, uh, to Epic. And, uh, CBS some, Epic Records, yeah. Yeah, then some, then some A&R people came down here, and uh, they, they had, we all had a great time. <laughs> nice. Now, now is this... Uh, uh, so, John so, Boylan, and you ever heard of him? He, yes. He produced uh, the thing that really got him in the door was Boston. Oh, and, okay. And well. my re- so that my record was was like right after Boston, uh, more than a feeling. Right, but your you, your music was not anything like that. No, it's not anything like that. But he produced my record. Okay, but and, man, what a band that that you had on 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 that, that record! So, Incredible. Like, uh, but you, so you had Vodakovich played on a lot of it, uh, or maybe all of it. Charlie Brent went out there and played a bunch. But yeah, also had like Joe Sample, yeah. uh, Alfonso Johnson playing bass, Correct. Victor Feldman. As well, uh, Lon Price plays on on that. Yeah, it was great. I, I hired everybody, that, you know, that I wanted to meet them, and everybody worked with triple scale too. You know, it's like uh, so you were in charge. Scale. You were in charge of of of, uh, of who I wanted of, to hire. All the sessions and all. Well, I wasn't wasn't totally. I mean, John Bond was the producer, right? I understand, but, but I mean, they yeah, let yeah, you yeah. hire the band and all. That's that's oh, pretty yeah, cool. They let me have whoever I wanted. Right. Where did you record this? It was at, um, we recorded at Sound Labs and um, and in the, uh, record plant. Record plant, no Sound Labs is here. Record plant, we we did a lot of recording there. Westlake Studios and um, Sound City in in the in the Valley. Oh you yeah, know. you know. It's, uh, but um, a couple of A and M had a great studio and Capital had a good studio too. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we had to go here and there and the other 
And uh, it was really very costly, you know, because the studio time in L.A., <laughs> hello. But anyway, that was a long time ago, and the, that was a big-time record deal. I was so fortunate to get, and I had, it was like going to graduate school, really. You know, instead of going to graduate school, I went to L.A., yeah, yeah. Well, and so you recorded the the great record Angel. Angel. It wasn't really the way I meant it to sound. No. I had, and I brought my band out there, and and we recorded for like six weeks, and I thought it was great. He said, "Oh, we can't use any of these tracks." Oh. And so then they started all over, and 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 overdubbed the whole thing, and what and so. It took a long time to record, but in 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 the process of doing such, I got to meet an incredible amount of musicians that I wanted to meet. And they was right there in front of me. Hello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Sammy Davis Jr.? No, he wasn't on oh, there. Okay. Oh, man, shoot. Man. But this is the period of time when you're going to the mansion, right? This is, yeah, this is the period period of time when I was going to the mansion. And plus I did a lot of, um, okay, this is, how did I get that deal? So anyway, actually... Going back and back and back because uh -huh, sure. I'm not messing your mind up. No, it's okay. But uh, I used to like meditate a lot. You know, I was into the it was real organic. You know, me and Johnny, so we just like we went eating meat and stuff like do yoga and meditate. And I was visualizing in my mind that I wanted to get uh, somebody who believed in my music and who uh, was going to help me. Man, a week later, Clive Fox showed up at my house, and I went, oh, Lord, this yeah. is it. Yeah. You know, and it was. Right. I got out of New Orleans. And I really didn't, I, I didn't have the opportunities in New Orleans because of who, you know. And uh, so it was good, good learning experience more than anything else, I think, now that I really. You said you didn't have any opportunities, and you went like this because you're a woman? Kind of. Okay. And there wasn't any more time to wait, and you know, right. waiting around for it. They, they gave me an they gave me an opportunity. I'm going there. out here, yeah. you know. So I did go, you know. So anyway, Sorry, but there. while I was out there, mm -hmm. man, I, I sang a lot of background vocals. Did a lot of sessions, huh? Did a lot of sessions. Well, I can make some money, you know. And um, I was really a crackerjack background vocal because I was because I really at that time in my life I was a much better singer. Of course, you know, I was singing all the time, you know, with right. dog in my voice, yeah. But um, anyway, so I sang with this group called, and they were on Epic, Oreo uh, Speedwagon. Right, right. You can tune yeah. a piano, but you can't tune a fish. Yeah, you're on that keep record, on right? Rolling, keep on rolling. That's my voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Time for me to fly. Is that time for me to fly and no blazing kidding. your own trails away. Right. Another one, I can't remember. And um, so I, I got some really good sessions, you know, and they pay, it paid off. It's still paying off a little bit, not, not a right. whole lot. And um, Wet Willie, uh, Jimmy Hall, you know, and uh -huh. I sang with, with them, too, which was like uh, Don't Let the Green Grass Fool You and Weekend, remember? Right, Weekend. right. That was all recorded out there on the West Coast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And uh, so that was a lot of fun. And I, I, if I'd have stayed out there, probably... Uh, Done really good doing that kind of stuff, but I had so, to come back. How, how did you? Were you enjoying your time out there? Or, or I was uh, loving it. And I so you know, after the first album, this, that, and the other, recorded another album. How did the first album do? Your first album? Oh, it did, did okay. Did they support it? Did the company just support it? Did they say well, we're going to go on tour with this, or maybe some? 
Tonight shows or something like that. Tour. Midnight special. We did some tours of the West Coast. Uh-huh. And um, then you ne- the next thing I knew, was in the studio again doing another album. Really? And uh, Jay Winding. You ever heard of Jay Winding? Sure, yeah. Kate yeah. Winding's son. Right. And yeah. he produced the second album, which I love the second album. But they wanted me to do outside material. So I said, okay, I'll do also material. So, man, I'm telling you, it's like everybody in town was bringing songs, songs. And I was listening to songs, listening to songs, listening to songs. And I picked out about 10 songs. And that ended up getting put on hold because the week that that it was supposed to come out, all the people, the A&R people that were supposed to work the record, all got fired. Yeah. They all got fired, like 50 T- people. Typical record company story. I was yeah, like, yeah. what? But the thing that really had happened was that the gas price went up in L.A. And uh, even up in, in Malibu, it was $5 a gallon in, that, in those days. During the gas crisis. When and the, what happened the, with that, yeah. the whole uh, industry kind of almost kind of fell through for a while because uh, mostly... you couldn't every, go on the road with no gas. No, that's it's just such a big... L.A. is so big. And you know that, that you do a session here and they... Somebody's waiting to pick it up and bring it over to this studio, and it's this guy was gonna, you know, because they didn't have virtual nothing like, sure, like that yeah, going yeah. on. So everything just stopped, you know, because like even the movies and all that stuff, it just stopped. And I just got caught, and they put me on hold. And then they would get rid of me, and so I was on hold for like eight years. Oh, jeez. I mean, I was. They owned me for eight years. Oh. So, so I with nobody else. I just right. came back to New Orleans. I'm going back to New Orleans. Right. Yeah. Which, is, which is what we all wind up doing. Yeah, yeah. and plus then uh, the, the, they stopped making vinyl, and my and my record was vinyl, and all of a sudden everybody wants CDs. Right. So well, okay. What was it's the another. name of your second album? Tough enough. Tough enough. Okay. Okay, so you, so you come back to New Orleans. Uh, it's it's like this is the kind of late seventies at this point. Eighties. Eighties. Okay. 81. So uh, now that's that's when I'm in in college, and I, I see you playing there. You're back in town. I'd, again, I'd always heard your name uh, spoken reverently. I can't wait to see. You. I remember seeing you with a group with uh, Johnny, and I'm not sure who else was was playing the band, but you were playing some sort of guitar instrument. I think this might have been. Oh, I'm on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This might have been at, at Luther's, uh, like the Deja Vu or something on an off night or. The Korg. It was red. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, wow. Angel Trosclair. I remember one time hearing you do, uh, I'm not sure if it was on that gig, but you did this tune, uh, uh, The End of a Beautiful Friendship. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I uh, love that. I love that song. Uh, I love this uh, song. Yeah, you, yeah, I did it. That was one of my big numbers. You melted my heart, Angel. <laughs> just the beginning of love. The, the end of a beautiful friendship and just the beginning of love. The oh. hell are we in a fucking just the beginning of lust? All of a sudden, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A little uh, <laughs> yeah, music going need some on here. Spaghetti and meatballs. <laughs> or something. What the yeah, fuck yeah, is this going on? Oh, some some, some French on, perhaps. That sounds more oh, Italian. God. or something. I don't know. Yeah, what well, the they got fuck an accordion it? back there. Yeah. When I first came back from L.A. I hung out a lot with Nikki Soundsbach when I first came back from L.A. And that's what we got, Secret Studio and, and on um, Hickory Street, you know, and Pearl Street. And, and uh, also I remember that place he had on Magazine. But um, 
Yes, the great Nikki Sanzibach. You and I ran into each other at Nikki's memorial this past week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. God bless him. I, I, it was, he's still here. It was lousy with Trouble Men podcast guests. It was uh, Cranston. It was uh, Jonathan Freilich. It was uh, on and on. Uh, so many people there had have been on the show. And so I thought, Angel Trosclair, I've got to have you on. <laughs> I was surprised. Anyway, when I got back from L.A., I played that's I mean, I sang that song, and I, I sang with um, uh, the Astro Project was just getting together. Okay. And they got together. See, I was working at the A-Bar. I was working at the A-Bar. Absent Bar, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah the A-Bar, and, and, and it was um, Tony DeWright was working there, and uh, Earl Turpentine was working there, and, and uh, it, we had, you know, different shifts. And I worked a duo with David Tarkanowski. I remember okay. that. So I worked with all these guys. And then they got a band together. So then I, I knew the songs. But this is the end of beautiful friendship. Me and Jimmy Singleton used to do that all the time. Yep. Anyway, so that's, I sang with them before they got you know, that, uh, the male singer, um, Bobby, Bobby McFerrin. Oh, okay, right. That was right. before. Anyway, so I, I got a chance to sing with nice. some really great musicians yeah, in my life. Yeah, what a band. You know what I mean? Ah, I guess my dream would be to be able to play as good as those people that accompany me. But anyway, so there was a, um, a whole bunch of uh, little things that went on. Then I got into Woodenhead. I don't know if you ever remembered Arthur Decor, but he was like um, a, a great lover of music. He said, I want to bring you over to see this band. And I went to go see Woodenhead. Mm-hmm. And um, up in the, the warehouse, it was down in the warehouse because they weren't upstairs yet. Okay. And, and um, man, I met Jamie Robinson and James Comiskey and Edgar Lips and Fran Comiskey. Okay. And I joined the band. Nice. And, and I wrote a whole bunch of um, lyrics to Jimmy Robinson's music, mm-hmm. which I still have. Those, that's incredible collaboration. We have some tapes of it. Like, oh, God, if we could sing like that again. But that was an experience. But after that, okay, mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I got a job as a, um, a paralocal, you know, because I need, I need to pay off my student loan because I did take out a student loan. <laughs> and so I worked, I got a real job, you know. Okay. And that happened for about two years. And I just, I, I wrote music though. I was like, I was a suffering writer, you know what I mean? But um, anyway, one day this, uh, I went to the jazz festival and this, this lady, Henrietta Alves, I don't know if you who she is, she's, she's, she's 80 years old, God rest. And she doesn't mind me saying because she just had a big celebration for her but she's worked at she worked at Pat O'Brien's for years and years and anyway, she said you want to come audition at um, Pat O'Brien's you know and I'm afraid to make some money and um, so I did <laughs> and I got the gig and boy let me tell you something that's the hardest thing I've ever done in my life was working that gig yeah it's like being in the coal mine down there huh like 9 to 4 and you called in at 7 o'clock in the morning and they told you what time you was on 9 to 4 on an hour, off an hour. Nine in the morning to four? No, nine at night. Oh. To four in the morning, a seven-hour gig, trade, yeah. trading trading uh, hours with somebody else. They pay you well. Yeah. Oh, you I know, bet. I used to work, on, and when you worked on the weekends during the day, I remember I used to wear boots, and I used to fill my boots up with money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd go see my friend Lucy. I'd go, Lucy, look at all the money I got. You know, she'd got to go on a break when she I worked She was a days. drug dealer? You no, not no? Lucy. Oh, okay. She owned a beautiful apartment in, uh, in the corner. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> 
Anyway, it was exciting. Yeah, I laugh. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> it was exciting. It really, it truly was. You know, but but I I got a lot of a lot of abuse from the people from Snug Harp. You know, the guy George. I don't remember him. He, God rest his soul too. Oh, giving you a hard time about oh, playing yeah, Pat O'Brien. And they come stand in the back of the room and go shaking their heads, you know, and pointing their fingers at me that I sell out, you oh, know. Oh, fuck you. This is how I'm paying bills, baby. <laughs> I'm telling you. Yeah. So uh, it was true. Nothing wrong down. with that. But I'll like, kill him for you if you want. No. There you go. See, you got a yeah. fan in Manny Chevrolet. Yeah. He's, he's loyal, man. So I, I hang there for 17 years. Oh, that's a good gig then. That was a good gig. Do they feed you? Hell no, they didn't feed you. They didn't feed you? They gave me After money. 17 years? <laughs> they, no. they never got you a free meal or anything? A donut? Uh, no, oh, no on, on, on hot Christmas, chocolate. Christmas Eve, I was at a party and gave you a bottle of liquor right uh, off the bar. Shh, everybody right. got a <laughs> Now playing in the quarter, you know the the quarter has such a like a shakedown vibe, you know that when you play down there, you're kind of uh, volunteering to participate in this this Tell me whole about enterprise. It. Well, after after after, so after Pat O'Brien's, I ended up after because uh, they they had they took six people back, but they didn't want to take me back because they had to have a guy. And and I didn't have seniority because this is after been, Katrina. You're talking yeah. About? So okay. I, after 17 I saw, years, you had no seniority. No, they had people there for 25 oh, years, 30 years. Anyway, so I, I saw the the owner of um, Lafitte's Blacksmith Shop, uh, Joe Licardi, and um, then I just grabbed and said, "I'm coming to work at your club." I was really feisty and and, and really, you know, wow, yeah, and, and in a good way, you know. Sure. And um. Man, I started working. I worked there four nights a week, and Jesus, that was crazy. I I loved it, and spiritually and uh, artistically, it was it was it was really an experience because I worked alone from and I and I got to work at eight thirty and I got off at two, and I took like a fifteen or well, half hour break in the middle of the show and that was the middle of the night and that was it. Wow. And that place was packed. I mean, people hanging. And the thing about that place is it truly is haunted. I've got pictures of the ghosts. Yeah. You know, and oh. I, while I was singing, I, I, I mean, I haven't been, and I'd have to f- go through my, my shots on, in my phone to show them, but I have actual pictures of the ghosts. I know it is haunted. Oh. But anyway, the thing is, I used to see so many people at um, all the feats. Coming in, yeah. Yeah, one day, um, Kirsten Dunst, and, and this is a crazy story because she likes to hang out with people, you know, and I, was, I had the piano stool, and, and one of the legs of the piano stool was broken, and I knew that if anybody sat on the piano stool, we were both going on the floor. You had to lean back. You couldn't. So here I'm playing the piano, and she comes and sits right on the the seat. And I had to tell her, oh, sweetheart, I'm afraid you're going to break your ass. You know. What and a dunce. What a dunce. I see some, and, and I remember Amy Amy Schumer hung out with us one night. Okay. I mean, she 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 hung us the whole night and. I didn't know who she was. This was like, I was really, pre- didn't, it was before she was really big bit. Right. And she goes, play uh, Amy, play Amy, play the whole night. 
<laughs> and, and I still didn't figure out who the hell she was. Right, right. You know, right. but anyway, she had all her, her. I remember that night very well because it started raining and it was like a deluge right after that. But uh, oh god, I saw Tom Cruise down there. Uh, I saw uh, a lot of football players go down there too. Okay. What it was great. Uh, it was a great gig, but I, you got it's a butt kicking. Yeah, yeah. No question about it. No, you got to show up with uh, with your your uh, hard hat and your steel toe boots for those gigs, man. Yeah, you're right. And when they come up with those trays of shots, yeah, it, it's really dark in there. So what I would yeah. do because I, I couldn't handle it, you know, I was like, oh yeah, just pour it on the ground right? <laughs> like a real bee girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But anyway, nice. it was fun. But I ended up um, taking a gig, Mark Adams. Wonderful oh, yeah, yeah. keyboard player. He passed away a couple, right. few years back, and um, he he called me up to take the gig while he was doing his um, his chemo <clears throat> at Irene's. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up getting the gig when he passed away. Okay. And so I I I, I phased out the um Lafitte because I thought I was gonna die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I got to eat a lot of Italian wonderful food. Nice. And, yeah, and, Irene's. and here we are. And here we are. Yeah. Man, oh man. At Left the out biggest a lot dump too. in the city. Uh, here we are. <laughs> God, Angel, it's such a treat to have you. As I said, you know, you're you're someone who looms large in, in my uh, my childhood imagination. You know, it's such a thrill to have you here on the podcast. This has been a great show. Thank you so much. Thank both of you. And I was gonna, I was gonna say this, but every time somebody says this, I, it just blows. Me. Thank you for having me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really mean it, though. Yeah. I well, truly mean yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, it's oh. the pleasure is all ours. I'm yeah. Sure. It's Thank been you. a great gig, and uh, uh, enjoy your beer. And uh, Manny. Yeah. Uh, it's another another great one. And yeah. As always. In the books, as they say. As Do we have a sticker for her? We We have stickers for you. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Got a All whole right. bunch of stickers for Angel. Uh, and as always, uh, in the Trouble Nation, we like to say trouble never ends. But Angel, the struggle continues. Good night. Good night. Good night. <laughs> Always